What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. For more information on these podcasts, this episode, and future episodes, and past episodes, and different programs that I have going on, and what's up in my life, and the five-day challenges that, I, that I've been putting on uh, to help you inside of your life, go check me out, my website, natebaileyspeaks.com. Today's episode, um, I really, really was looking forward to this, and it did not disappoint. Uh, with a good friend of mine, uh, a past mentor of mine, an incredible person. You can find out more about him, my guest today, AJ Roberts from San Diego, California. He and his wife, Jenny Roberts, they have two beautiful little children. I've worked with Jenny. Jenny is an amazing woman and extremely talented when it comes to nutrition, working with athletes. Uh, she's she's significantly helped me. So just an incredible power couple is what I'm trying to say here. AJ Roberts was a two-time world champion powerlifter. Powerlifted, uh, or he he squatted over 1,200. What was it? 1,205 pounds. So over 1,200 pounds. Imagine that, uh, which was also a world record at the time. Incredible story, incredible message. And with that, uh, you can find out more about him at ajroberts.com. You can find him on Facebook, AJ Roberts. Enjoy this. It was, a, it was a treat. I think it went a little bit longer than 30 minutes. You know it's a great podcast when you look at the time and you're like, holy cows, man. Time has flied on this episode. So please uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Championship Leadership. We got AJ Roberts with us today. I'm excited. From San Diego, California. AJ, thanks for coming, man. Oh, pleasure to be here. It was always good to talk to you, Nate. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd like to kick our conversation off with this question before we really kind of get into the meat of things. So championship leadership is the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you? What does that mean to you when you hear championship leadership? Cool, loaded question to kick things off. You know, (laughs) for me, you know, championship leadership is first learn about leadership from Phil Jackson. You know, he wrote the book Sacred Hoops. And that was, I read that as a teenager. I was actually a basketball player. I read that as a teenager and it just spoke to me. And it was all about, finding what each individual brings to the, to the table and then being able to put that together to form 
a championship. And for me, championship leadership, when I hear that, that's what I think of. I think, I, I think about it. So it's about finding the best in each individual and then figuring out how to bring them together in a way to create, you know, a, a championship team. And that's what championship leadership, when I hear that word, that's, that's what came to mind. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, Phil Jackson definitely fits the bill there for sure. So I remembered that. That's right. You were, uh, that's, that's kind of what brought you to the States, right? Was, was basketball originally. And then, but yeah, maybe tell us a little bit about your story and, and your path and, and uh, how you've gotten to what you do today and what you're up to today. It's one of those things where when you're moving forward, not much makes sense. But when you look back, all the dots seem to connect. Totally. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up in England and um, for some reason I was always attracted to uh, uh, basketball, the American sport. It was during obviously uh, the 90s is when I was into sports and that's when Chicago Bulls were the heyday. Michael Jordan was on the TV and we actually had, I only had five t- television channels and on uh, channel yeah. four, they would broadcast the Chicago Bull, Bulls games and uh, they'd be on late at night. So either I would stay up to watch them and then be exhausted the next day or I would just record them VHS and then and watch those games over and over and over again. So I always had the dream of coming to America to play in the NBA. And uh, at 12 years old, I was 5'11". Five, five and at, at 16 years when I came, I was still 5'11". I actually played for England alongside Louis Dang, who ended up playing for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, yeah. However, I got cut from the England squad. They told me, we can't teach you how to grow. And of course, <laughs> you know, um, like most ambitious people, I said, well, I'm going to show you. I'm going to go to America. I'm going to get a scholarship. I'm going to go on. I'm going to become an NBA player. And, you know, a- along the way, things transpired. I realized that I probably wasn't going to go to the NBA. Uh, I made it to the uh, w- World Youth Basketball Tournament, made the all-star team there. And uh, like LeBron James's high school was there. He wasn't there, but the high school was there and a whole bunch of teams like that. Made the all-star game and just realized in that game that, hey, man, like I don't quite have what it's going to take. And, you know, I had started lifting weights and just was very, very good at lifting weights. I was obsessed with having every record in the school, graduated either owning the record or at least tying the record in high school. And that led me down a path to start competing in powerlifting. And it actually was, I didn't realize you could compete in the sport of weightlifting, powerlifting. I thought it was what you did for your sport. So I'd actually been training. Um, I thought I was going to go to college, walk on uh, a college team. Uh, but I had NCA clearing problems, couldn't get through the clearinghouse. And so I uh, essentially began powerlifting. And while I was there, I was working in the university weight room as an assistant strength and conditioning coach, D1 level, uh, University of Idaho. Um, and uh, the coaches weren't making a lot of money. And I thought, well, we're at D1. These guys are millionaires. Well, obviously, the reality set in. I started to see that. So I started to see that, like, maybe my path as a strength and conditioning coach or a personal trainer, maybe not, maybe not what I want to do and stumbled across basically this information marketing world. Um, and it was mainly because I thought about putting out strength and conditioning information products. Um, sure. And that led me down the business path and learning about the different types of business. And to cut a long story short, you know, I did what very few people do. And that was, I implemented what I learned. I actually would buy <laughs> products. I would what? open the products. I would go through <laughs> the products. And then, I would, and then I would test and I would try and I would implement the products. And uh, because I did that and had success, I quickly be- became somebody other people were attracted to for help. And, you know, I, I can't remember what year it was off the top of my head, but a guy named Yannick Silver, who was, you know, when it comes to online marketing, he was one of the top guys at the time. He spoke at a, confer- uh, at a mastermind that I was at and uh, I had some questions for him. So I followed up with him after, asked him if he, you know, some questions. And, and, you know, he basically said that the reason his products weren't digitalized 
was because he just hadn't had time to do it. And I said, well, I know how to do that. Why don't you let me do that? Now, the only reason I did this was I wanted to get all of his products for free. Yeah. So send me your products. <laughs> I'll take them. I'll rip them. I'll, I'll upload them all online. Then put them in a membership site and they'll be yours. So he graciously agreed, sent me the products. We did all of that. He used that as a bonus for a product launch to support Jeff Walker's product launch formula. And then that basically led to us having a relationship, which then catapulted me into, you know, being the behind the scenes guys for a lot of, uh, a lot of the online marketers that you see and hear of today. And then uh, about two years ago, um, Andy Jenkins, who passed away last year, he reached out to me. Um, we had worked previously in the past many times together. And he said, hey, look, we're launching this new software. I'd really like for you to be involved. And at the time I had a mastermind, I had a coaching program. So I really was reluctant to do that. But something was calling on my heart that I should step into that. Shortly after I joined that company, he unfortunately uh, was diagnosed with cancer and, and was left battling that. And we've continued to grow the company uh, and kind of move in, in that, that direction. And so currently I'm the chief revenue officer at Genesis Digital. We own Kartra, Webinar Jam, and Ever Webinar. And, uh, you know, we we're, should go over 30 million in revenue this year. We're on track to do that. We have over 100 employees uh, all around the world. We're a 100% digital company, um, which is good in times like this. Yeah, um, and, and so it's been quite the journey. And like I said, it didn't make much sense when I was on it, you know, going around. Um, but now I look back and it's like, oh, this all, this all has come together in a place that um, now I get it. Now I get why, why I had these difficulties or these obstructions and these changes and things like that. And so, you know, from being a world champion powerlifter to running a, a, a you know, a multi-million a month company, you know, it, it's been an interesting journey to see the parallels and the crossovers and, and to take the lessons from one discipline into another discipline um, and realize that life is basically, it's the same in all areas. And I know you get that. You can't really be rich and, and be, be unhealthy. You can't really be happy and at the same time, you know, be a tyrant. So, that everything, those threads cross, as my, one of my mentors, Kevin Nations, like to say, the threads cross. And, you know, to have a good family, a, you know, to have good faith, to have good finances, and to have good fitness, you know, they always have to be together. And if one's out of whack, it affects the rest. And so yeah. um, it's been a journey to get to that point to see that, you know, but um, I'm glad to be here. And, I, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm just beginning, even though I've yeah, done so much. Totally. Right. Well, yeah, thanks for for that story. And yeah, you, I know you mentioned that you were a world champion, uh, but yeah, you kind of, we, we glossed over that part, right? Like two time world champ. Is that right? Yeah. I was a two time, all time world record holder in, in powerlifting. 1200 pounds, 1205 <laughs> right? pound squat, Jeez. 910 pound bench and 815 pound deadlift and uh, held the record for just over a year. And, and yeah. I still think I'm on the top 10 somewhere, but uh, the awesome. sports kind of shifted and changed now, you know, uh, things totally. change and, yeah. Uh, there's less less people competing right now. So I like yeah. to say I'm still in the top 10, but my, my numbers, if I was to get under the weights now, probably, uh, you know, nowhere close. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all right. I mean, you know, I mean, that means you, you've evolved and you've moved on to something different. Um, and I should, uh, I should mention here for the listeners, like, I don't think, I don't know that there's a championship leadership podcast if it's not for AJ Roberts. So uh, I own a CrossFit gym, 2012, 13, 14, something like that. And how I found out about AJ was listening to podcasts like Barbell Shrug was probably the first one. I think you were a guest on that a few times and talking about masterminds and everything else. And then all of a sudden he put out a, a webinar. Um, it was actually the day, I believe it was the day before Thanksgiving. I could, I remember this, made an offer 
I hired them. And then uh, it was like the biggest investment I'd made in myself at this time uh, for my CrossFit gym to help build that and create leads. And so we worked together, which really did lead me down the path of investing much more significant amounts of uh, money into myself, which led me to where I am today. So uh, to tie the loop closed, like uh, it's because of AJ that, that I am where I'm at today. So appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. It's one of those things you never know who you're going to be a catalyst for or what it's going to spark. And I think that's the hardest thing in coaching is, is that sometimes it takes people, uh, not, not in your instance, but sometimes you work with people and, and then they go off and you don't hear from them. And then you catch up 10 years later and you realize the, you know, that that was the intro. And I think that a lot of people I work with, you know, uh, and something that I learned early on, it was, it was it sale, how important sales and marketing is, you know, yeah. and at the time you're running your gym and you, you know, you're doing this and, and, and you realize, oh, okay, it's not, the fitness side of it is, is what we sell. You know, we right, have to be, right. like, if we want people to show up, we have to sell that. And I know you made that decision to actually pivot and change because you yeah. saw value somewhere else. And that's what it's about, man. And I think that uh, one of the things that I've learned over time is that typically, you know, when you set a, a target, the problem is, is, is that the path to get there has to be flexible. And, you know, it, it, it's like you have your GPS in your head, you know, you say, okay, I'm going to go from New York to San Diego. And uh, you get on the plane and you think to yourself, this is going to be a straight ride. I'm just going to follow this plan and we're going <laughs> to yeah. just get there. And, and then there's turbulence and all of a sudden you got to land in Denver. And yeah. you go, why the hell am I in Denver for? <laughs> and, and, and the people that are open to that and, and are, 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 they don't change the goal. The goal never really changes, but the, yeah. the way they get there does. And you, yeah. you can't be fixed to a, a certain vision because as you go, that's going to change based on things you learn and stuff like that. And so you know, this hero's journey that we all seem to be on, you know, we're on these micro and macro hero journeys. The beautiful thing is, is at any point you can, you say, Hey, look, okay, this journey, this journey's over. I'm going to start another one. You know, you don't have to continue or you can say, okay, well, I thought I was going to do it like this, but maybe I'm going to be over here. And so for me, how did it, how did a, a you know, a skinny basketball player from Southampton, England end up, you know, uh, being in charge of revenue generation for a large software company? And that's, that's the anomaly, but I always knew what I wanted yeah. to do. I always knew what I wanted to help with. And, and I'm doing the same things. I'm just doing it in a different place. And I think that that's something that a lot of people should, you know, should, should take on is, is, is they box themselves in uh, to labels or titles. You know, I'm yeah. this, I'm that versus it being a piece of it. So if, I, if I saw myself as a power, if the power lifter AJ, right. I, I would have never moved to California. I would never have the family I have, you know, have beautiful a two-year-old daughter, beautiful, you know, month and a half-year-old son. I wouldn't have any of that if I had just thought of myself as a powerlifter. Powerlifting was something I did. And I think that people should see that with their, their jobs and everything like that. It's, it's not who they are. It's just something they do. And at any point in time, they have the ability to change that, you know, and usually the universe shows you the path uh, if, you're, if you're looking for it. Definitely. Yeah. And that's, it is, it's important. There are a lot of people that they have this identity that they uh, have a hard time letting go of. You probably know a lot of those from your powerlifting days, right? Yeah. And, and that's honestly, that was the beauty. I, I, I tend to see things other people don't, um, which I guess is my gift. And, uh, you know, I, I saw guys who were the best at one point who were now just struggling to, to be able to get, you know, half of what they got before yeah. and health issues and, and relationship yeah. issues. And I realized that that's, that's my future. You know, that, right. that's, if I stay here, if I do the things that I've been doing, you know, the, the, this is the future. And, I, and, and do I want that? And uh, it's not necessarily wrong for them. I think everybody right. makes the right choice, yep. you know. Um, but uh, for me, it was, I didn't see myself as that. And it, it yeah. was funny because I remember 
at a seminar before, someone had asked about, you know, when do you know when it's time to leave? And I said, ah, I'll never quit. I'm going to die under the bar. (laughs) At the time, that was my truth. Right, right. But when I got to the point where I was, you know, what I I joke, I say I'm fat, sick, and nearly dead, you know, after that, the movie title. uh, I really was, you know, I was fat, sick, nearly dead. I had sleep apnea. I couldn't get through the night without waking up, choking, thinking I was going to die, running to the, running to the tap in the bedroom to splash water on my face, hoping, you know, gasping for air terrified to close my eyes again because I, you know, I didn't know if I would make it through tonight um, just to be able to put up bigger numbers. And when I, when I finally achieved everything I thought I would achieve, my coach turned and said to me, I think you can do more. You just need to go up in body weight. You need to go up to, you need to gain another 30 pounds. And I said, Oh man, I'm, I'm going to die. And when I actually was faced with that reality where I thought if I go this path, there is a good chance I will, I will die. You know, I was lucky enough to see a different direction and said, okay, I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm done. I've achieved what I want to achieve. I've gotten to where I want to get to. What's next? And I didn't know the answers at the time. And it was a very scary thing to do. Uh, but I just knew that it was the, 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 the commitment forward. And, you know, when I make a decision, I, I usually go all in on that decision. But uh, it was an interesting time because, you know, essentially I was leaving teammates behind, a coach who put everything into me and, and leaving a place that I called home and, and an industry and, a, you know, a profession that, you know, I was essentially a celebrity, you know, there was fame attached to it. So, yeah. you know, that it took a lot of work, you know, it, it yeah. probably took almost seven years to completely, uh, you know, it, just coming out the other side in the last few years. But yeah. I just knew that I wanted one day to have a family. I wanted to have kids. I wanted, you know, I wanted all this stuff. And, and, and so, you know, there was that voice that spoke to me and I'd ignored it probably for, you know, a couple of years that I, yeah. and, and finally it wasn't, wasn't speaking anymore. It was screaming. And I said, you know what? I got to listen to this before something yeah. bad happens. And I think that a lot of people get that voice um, and they don't listen. And then something bad happens, you know, and then it's just the universe's way of trying to correct them. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we were talking a little bit about that in, a, I guess the pre-recording here uh, offline, you know, I just made the decision to go on my own and made a big decision uh, change in my life. And again, it's, yeah, that, that voice was, was talking and, and, all of a sudden it's screaming and there's a lot of people that don't listen to it. I think conversation championship leadership, right? The championship leaders, they do listen to it. They might not listen to it the second that it happens, but like they have the courage to listen to that and to go or the vision to see, you know, that they need to make a change or move. Some of the greats, right? If you look at football, a Bill Belichick, a Nick Saban, some of the guys that in their profession where you're competing against the best of the best every single week, they rise to the, the top and continue to be at the top every year, which is like, it's incredible, but it is, I think it's a lot of, because of what we're talking about, like they just, they, they could see things other people can't see and they have this courage to make the decisions to act on that. Yeah. You said it right there. It's courage. You have to make the car, like you, you make the, you, you get the vision, but it's the courage to step into that. And you see, you know, the, the, I refer back to the hero's journey again, for those that aren't familiar with it, the first phase in the hero's journey is that cooling. You know, and then and you have to answer the calling. And so many people, and there's, there's a section called refusal of the call. And, you know, that's what a lot of people, like they make progress and then they, they quit, right? So the easiest example is a diet. You know, someone says, yeah. oh, I need to lose weight. I'm going to go keto. They stick to keto for a week or two weeks. And, ah, you know what? I've been good. I'm going to have a cheat meal. I'm going to have this. And, you know, three weeks later, they're back to where they were because they, they you know, they just quit. So now they say, oh, you know, I don't know. I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. Okay. Well, let me try paleo. And they keep, and, and the thing is, is, is the reality is, is they're not committed, you know, yeah. and they don't, they, they have yet to meet the mentor, right? 
Now, the men, a lot of people think of mentor as a coach or something like that. In our world, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, it's the easiest thing. It doesn't have to be, right? right? But once you make a commitment, once you make a commitment, it doesn't matter if you change your diet. It doesn't matter if you do this. Like, you don't go backwards, right? So you might take a step back, but no, I'm committed. And that's what most people don't understand, right? In the hero's journey, after you make that commitment, after you meet the mentor and you take the leap of faith and you go across, called crossing the threshold, you actually get into the, into the shit. And that's yeah. what most people don't get. Is yeah. that once you make a commitment, right? So for example, you say, okay, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to hire a coach. I'm going to join a gym. I'm going to start doing this. They think it's all sunshine and roses now. I got my yeah. team around me. It's going to be easy. <laughs> no, 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 motherfucker. That's the work is just getting started, <laughs> yeah. right? You are going to eat shit so many times. You're going to be bad. Like the, the battles have just begun. And, that, and that's what, it, you know, in the hero's journey that in movies, if you ever watch a movie, these are the battle scenes, the great battle yeah. scenes. But you get to a point where now you have to say, okay, do we continue to go or, or do I quit? Right. And, and if you continue on, eventually you, you get the, you get the aha moment. Oh, okay. This didn't work. This didn't work. This didn't work. And, uh, oh, this is the formula. This is the thing. You finally get a handle of it. You finally get to return to the normal world. And now you can pa- drive past the Dunkin' Donuts or a Krispy Kreme without stopping and getting one. Right. Because yeah. you're disciplined and you, you know yeah. what you, you, you have a different mindset, but there is a phase where after you make the commitment, it doesn't get easy. Like for you, yeah. You, yeah. you know, you just made that decision to go out on your own. You're going to be met with adversity and challenges and tests and all sorts of stuff. And that's what you have to figure out. And that's what allows you to, once you go through that, and that's the commitment. And it took me a long term to learn, learn that. And, and uh, I actually learned it in my relationships. Every time yeah. I would get an argument with my partner, no matter who it was, or, or since I was a teenager, every time I'd have an argument, I thought, well, fuck this, I'm out. I just, I don't yeah. need this bullshit. I'm going to go find someone else. <laughs> every single time. It didn't, didn't matter that how long we had been together. didn't matter the level of commitment I'd made to that person. The minute we got in a heated argument, in my mind, ah, screw this. I don't need this bullshit. Yeah. Out of here. I started looking at my, my commitment with, in relationships. Then I started looking at my commitment and where I've lived. I've lived, you know, all over the world in different places. I said, man, I really have a, a problem with long-term commitment here. Okay. So now when things get tough, I have to sit back and reflect on what is the lesson in this, you know, and uh, the obstacle is the way by Ryan Holiday is a fantastic book Love on it. this. You don't yeah. need to read the book. The title says it all. Yeah, exactly. Obstacle right. is the way you yeah. have to learn how to go through the brick wall or around it or over it. The brick yeah. wall is not the barrier. Right. Yeah. And, right. and it's the, te- it's the test if you want to call it a test, but but that's how you know if you're on the right path, you know, and, and it can flow and it can be effortless. It doesn't have to be hard, but it's not because you're not faced with challenges. It's because of how you react to those challenges. So you're still, you're always going to meet challenges, but if you have a different mindset, a different understanding, instead of a failure, it's a lesson. Instead of a difficulty, it's an opportunity. That's when life begins to flow because now your perception is different. And I think that that's what's really, really key for people to understand. You know, it's not supposed to be hard work in a sense of you don't want to do it. It's supposed to be hard work in a sense of it takes commitment. It takes dedication. It takes delayed gratification. That's what it means. But if you change your perception and you hear this all the time from guys at the top, and I'll think it's misunderstood a lot. They say, I don't feel like I'm working. I never feel like I'm working. This isn't work to me Yeah, because their perception of it has changed. Yeah. They're still faced with the same. The misconception is they don't have these challenges. They don't have, no, no, no. They still have all of this. They perceive it differently. They handle it differently versus stress. It's excitement. Those are the things that we start to learn. And I think those are the lessons that most people struggle with, right? Because they think yeah. that, oh, it's hard. That, therefore, this isn't what I should do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. What, um, 
you've worked with some great leaders, some great coaches, uh, mentors, you've named a few already. What are some of the biggest things that you've learned from these folks, um, whether it was in powerlifting, basketball, or whatever it was that you have happened to do and how, how that's shaped you into the leader that you are today inside of your life? Yeah, I, I think we could probably do a yeah. whole nother podcast on sure. that for a few a hours. hours. But yeah. so, so I would say no, number one is showing up, right? And believe it or not, I mentioned it earlier, very few people take action, right? And so, you know, showing up every single day, getting the rep, repetitions, putting in the work, you know, that's what leads you to it. When I, when I quit powerlifting, I did a bodybuilding show. I lost over a hundred pounds, stepped on stage. You know, no one in their right mind wants to get in their underwear and stand in front of other <laughs> men and then be judged. You know, it's not exactly a comfortable situation. Yeah. Um, and a lot, and I did that and a lot, I got messages from people saying like, oh, wow, this is incredible. How do you do this? Dude, I just followed the plan and showed up every day. And I, and I think that, the, again, uh, the other thing is, is the expectation on time. Like, how fast can you get the results? How fast can you, you do this? And, you, you know, if you're building a business, how fast can I get to a million dollars? How fast, you know, can I, can I scale? Sometimes things take time, you know, and you look and, you know, it might take three to five years. It might take the, the next 20 years. You have to ask, you, am I dedicated to this for the rest of my life? In marriage, we make that decision. We pick a partner and we don't really know that person. Like yeah. we haven't gone to the depths of each other's soul. There's no, there's no, uh, nobody there asking you like, okay, when you were six, did anything happen that uh, may have created uh, a certain belief pattern in you that now your partner is going to have to deal with it? No, we don't do that. We don't, right. we never right. go deep in, in a relationship, yeah. but we held our hand up and we say, okay, for better or worse, to death and to us path. In business, most people don't do that. They jump right. from one thing to the next thing. Same with fitness, same with, same with, you know, all sorts of different stuff. And, and that to me, like you show up every day with the commitment. Okay, this is the vision I have. This is what I want to build. It might change along the world, but I'm committed to this for the rest of my life. You know, and there is times we have to make the decision, say maybe this isn't the right thing. Maybe I need to, do need to pivot. But yep. if people came at it like that, and that's what most leaders have. When I was at Westside Barber with Louis Simmons, Louis Simmons is arguably the most renowned strength and conditioning coach alive today. Yeah. He's committed his entire life to yeah. getting people stronger. That's his commitment. And that's what he does. Phil Jackson committed his entire life to building the very best basketball teams. And he's done it at every place he's gone to. And the beautiful thing is, is that people he worked with now are doing that as well. Right. And so right. Louis has, you know, I'm an anomaly because I didn't go down that strength and conditioning path. But if you look at the strength and conditioning industry, there is the majority of people at the top have some influence from him. Yeah. Or have come straight through Westside Barbell. Yeah. Bill Jackson, you look at that, you know, Steve Kerr is now the Warriors coach. Yep. Arguably one of the best coaches. So yep. these right. guys not only commit their life, they also pass on, right? So you, you show up every day, you make a commitment, and then you, you pass on. You know, you pass that knowledge on to others. And I think that that is, you know, the, 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 the key things that I see with these guys. It's just it's this commitment to it. Now, people fall off. People leave because like me, they have a different vision for themselves, but that doesn't make what that person is doing. And, you know, another mentor I mentioned earlier, Kevin Nation, same thing. He's been teaching high, you know, premium priced, high ticket, uh, you know, how to, how to uh, sell that kind of stuff for, for yeah. over a decade now, maybe longer. And, you know, while everybody else around him is jumping from thing to thing, he's kept to that exact same, yep. he's teaching the same thing. Now he's not teaching the same thing because he keeps going deeper, 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 deeper. Right. But people will say, oh, yeah, but he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. And he, no, but he does what he does at the very, very best. 
Yeah. And I think too many people, and this is stolen from Kevin, they stand on a rock, they make a claim, and then they see something, they get off that rock, they go over to another rock, and now they're trying yeah. to, you know, and so the momentum never builds, the men, yeah. because they're always starting over. And great leaders, they're not starting over from scratch. They're in perpetual mo- momentum. And uh, those, those are some of the things, you know, and we, we go down, the, down yeah. the rabbit hole with different things, but for me, those are the things that stick out when you ask that question. That is rare today, isn't it? The patience, the, the commitment and the patience, which I think go hand in hand, like to see the thing out. They give up way too early. And uh, that's why there is so few Kevin Nations or Louis Simmons or, you know, you name it in each industry, right? Yeah. And I mean, you, if, for those watching, there's a documentary about Westside on Netflix called Westside versus the World. Uh, it'll give you a glimpse inside of of that world, but then you should also watch. Uh, I think it, I think this is how you pronounce it: Jiro's Dreams of Sushi, and it's about a sushi chef from Japan, I think. And um, anyway, arguably, you know, his restaurant is booked up years in advance. Yeah. There's twelve, I think, there's twelve seats or something like that, and he's in his nineties. His son has been waiting to take over for forever, like literally forever. His other son got so fed up of waiting that he went and opened his own place. But when you watch the two, I wish the documentary West Side vs. the World was more on Louis because when I watched your Jura's Dreams of Sushi, I go, that's Louis. It's the same mentality. Yeah. And it, it was an eye opener. Um, and then there's a book, The Talent Code, that kind of breaks it all down and explains it. So, you know, those are the kind of things that like you, you just suddenly realize like, oh, this is, a, this is a, a level of commitment that other people don't have. And, you know, they spend 20, 30 years and all of a sudden, they're seen as the experts and everybody else is trying to become that, you know, and argue with them. It's like, they've forgotten more than you're, you, you've yeah, even right. began to learn. But again, it is that singular focus, singular commitment to one thing, being able to put, you know, ignore everything else. Like they don't try to be an expert in everything. Um, they say, this is what I'm going to be an expert in. I'm going to become the very, very best on that. And, uh, you know, they eventually get rewarded. But see, most, most people don't have that patience. You know, they don't have that mentality to say, okay, Right now, this isn't bringing the fruits, but, you know, in five, 10 years, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in a league of my own. And I think that that's a shame. Most people don't have that delayed gratification. And I think that is, that is something that a championship leader looks for in their, in their team or in the people they partner with. It, it is people who have that, like, commitment to long-term vision, not short-term here and now. Yeah. What's uh? There's one, one other question I want to make sure I ask you today. So what, what's, a, what's a critical moment, defining moment for you, kind of like that fork in the crossroads moment where obviously you've made the decision you have that's got you where you are today, but uh, had you not, you, you know, life could look very, very different than it is today. So I think we all have those moments, but, you know, there's usually a handful of them that are really, really glaringly pop out to us in our life. And I think there's a lot of people listening that are probably in those moments. And again, championship leaders, they're willing to, to know what it is, what's the right choice for them in that moment. And actually, again, going back to that courage to have to, to make the decision to execute on it. And a lot of people, they're allowed to get themselves swayed or they don't have the courage to, to listen to their gut, their intuition or whatever it is. Um, is there a moment that stands out for you you could share? Yeah, I, there's two. One I mentioned earlier, which was when I, when I left powerlifting to make that yeah. decision to walk away from it. And, and I really did have to walk away from it you know, there was a couple of moments where I was drawn back in, but I had to recognize, oh, this is the, this is the old me. This is the ego, right? Feeding yeah. into like the way things used to be, right? Yeah. And, and so 
and that's the hardest thing when you make commitments is, is that the, essentially you have a, a, a mask that you've worn as a certain person and you take yeah. that mask off and you put that mask down, but things trigger you back into wanting to put the mask back on, right? Um, so that was one. That was, that was definitely the biggest one, right? Sure. And that one saved my life. Yeah. Um, the second one was when Andy called me. You know, my daughter had just been born and I had the mastermind. I had those kind of things. But, I, you know, I had said that I wanted to build a $100 million company. And, um, you know, Andy called me and I had to give up everything I was doing to get on that ship. And uh, arguably, he's a great salesman, right? Uh, <laughs> one, of, one of the best that ever lived. And, but, but what it was, was I have a set of skills. And, you know, right now I'm consulting and coaching. And I'm relying on other people to execute in their businesses. Some do, some don't. And, you know, like I said earlier, 1% one, 1 really do. 5% kind of do. 20% uh, do something and 80% do nothing. And it doesn't seem to matter what you do. Those doesn't matter what level you're at. That seems to always happen. Uh, you can construct things to try to change those numbers slightly. Um, but it's very difficult. These are, these are the laws of nature. These weren't created by man. These are just laws of nature that seem to happen. The 80-20 principle, you've heard of it everywhere, yeah. right? And I don't need to go down, you know, talking about that because it, because it really appears everywhere. But I said, I got a set of skills. What if I just went and put this into one company where I was in control? Let's see what happens. And, uh, you know, I've been able to double the revenue since, since joining the company, prove to myself that, that everything I was teaching was like, because I don't think it matter what, what levels you're at, you always have doubt, right? You know, sure. especially when you're, yeah, when you're right. in teaching mode. When yeah. you're in teaching mode, you, you, you know, you hear, you know, those that can't do teach, you start, you start questioning, maybe I'm yeah. full of shit, right? And, you know, <laughs> and, and, and you get that imposter syndrome and all that stuff. Yeah. And so, I, you know, it was one of those decisions. And um, because, I, you know, with the birth of my, my, my first child and all of that and the shift and everything, it really allowed me to play at a bigger level. It really allowed me to be exposed to things that I wasn't going to get to anytime soon in the industry that I was in serving, right? Because the, the people I was serving, um, didn't think the way that, you know, Andy uh, with Genesis Digital was thinking. Um, they had smaller visions, smaller goals. And I always seem to have a bigger vision, bigger goal. So then to meet somebody that had that same as me, that alignment, I thought to myself, man, from a fulfillment standpoint, you know, what is it going to serve? And now I have, you know, learned stuff and uh, have a new, new level of confidence where if I go back to coaching consulting, I, I, I bring in a whole new game. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and so, right. so in, in a way, it's one of these like, and I think this is something that a great championship leader does. They're willing to be a student. Yeah. yeah. They're willing to say, I don't yeah. know. And maybe I should go learn from someone who knows more than me. Yeah. And this was one of those opportunities. In a way, it was an internship. It wasn't an internship, but in my mind, it's been an internship. Yeah. You know, I'm, and I'm learning and I'm, and I'm growing and, you know, things are going very, very well. You know, I, I go, oh. I never would have had, the, I never would have had a company with over a hundred employees and had to figure out how do you communicate and deal with, and how do, how do you, how do you treat everybody with a level of respect and hear their voices? You know, how do you, how, I would never would have got these opportunities and essentially had the problems that I've had to face, you know, probably for another 10, 20 years where I was at. So right. that leap, right. And, and it, it's strange because I kind of had been working with someone a coach and they asked me kind of like what my vision was for the future. And I said that I would like to do this and I would like to work with people like this. And he just looked at me and said, why do you keep saying like, why don't you just go work with people like that? Why don't you just go work with those people? 
And Andy was one of the people I had said. And so um, I didn't reach out to, to them, right. but uh, there was five people I named and three out of the five contacted me within a week. <laughs> uh, and I worked with all three of those people. And then finally That's I went awesome. all in with, with, with Andy because the opportunity was there. But to vision that, to be corrected by a coach, to then be open to that opportunity, to have them reach out to me, start the relationship uh, and being open to that. I, I, I think that that's something that, you know, you hear the word servant leader, you know, those are the kind of things for me as a championship leader does. You know, sometimes you have to know when to lead. Sometimes you have to know when to follow. Sometimes you have to know when to step back to learn more, more like skill set, more, more abilities. So that, and then when you go back to doing what you were doing before, you know, that you bring a whole different game, you're at a whole different level. And I think that that's something that a lot of people can benefit from. And it's not right for everybody, but it's been right for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate you sharing that. What's um, one last question before we wrap up, if there were one or two things you could give, and we've, we've given a lot of them already to the listeners, but if there's one or two other things that you could give, if they implemented today, it would help move their life forward today. What would that be? You know, honestly, to cut the noise, right? Yeah. And this is, you probably shouldn't say when you're listening to a podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> because you listen, what, what? But, but honestly, like, yeah, so no, totally. your inputs matter. And when you, when you have inputs coming from everywhere, like how many people can you follow? I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you probably listen to other podcasts and everybody's yeah. going sh- to share something different. So if you're confused, right, you don't know what that next step is. It's not about listening to more stuff. It's about cutting out the noise, narrowing the focus, right? How do you know if anybody's right if you're just listening to everybody? Because everybody's going to have their own opinion. So essentially, you have to make a decision. Who do you resonate with the most, right? Who who, who is it that you're listening to that you say, this guy, I really agree with everything they're saying. There's very little that they say that I say, that I go, wait a minute. Then just go all in on that person. Hire that person to be your coach. Some people don't obviously have coaching programs, but buy the books, you know, do everything you can to study that person and then apply the lessons. If it works, fantastic. If it doesn't work, you say, okay, that didn't work on to the next thing. I saw this with, in powerlifting a lot. You know, I, we, I traveled all over the world doing seminars, teaching the, the conjugate system, which was the West Side methods. And yeah. people would say like, hey, how do I blend it with this? And what, what are you talking about? Yeah. How about you just <laughs> right. do it first, see yeah. what happens. But that's the problem. People are trying to take you know, you've got a guy who has a system that works. You have another guy that has a system that works. But they don't, there's no hybrid system there. And then right. someone comes along and they want to try to do a little bit of everything. With so much noise going on, it creates confusion. And confusion creates uncertainty. And uncertainty creates lack of action, right? Yeah. With lack of action, there's no feedback loop. Yeah. So you live in mental masturbation. Yeah. You never actually make progress. And actually what happens, you become more and more depressed, right? Yeah. You, you actually start to think of yourself, I'm a loser. I never do anything. I'm such a piece of shit. Like if people knew how lazy I was, how, how much I did, you know, oh my gosh, like they would, and so now you're paranoid because like you're going to be found out. Like, you know, like, like I don't deserve the life I have and and all of this stuff. So the beauty is, is when you cut the noise out and and now you, if you go from a consumer to a creator, there is a feedback loop. Did it work? Yes or no. If it worked, keep doing it. If it didn't work, okay, we know that doesn't work for me. doesn't mean it doesn't work for everybody, but it didn't work for me. Posting on social media to 72 accounts didn't work for me. I'm not yeah. going to do it. Works for Gary Vee. <laughs> Fantastic. Didn't work right. for me. What worked for me? Paid advertising. Okay, I'm going to go all in on paid advertising, right? And that's what you, you need a feedback loop. You, yeah. need, you need to be doing stuff to get 
the, to, to get feedback. You can never improve. Like I could have never have become the basketball player I became if I never picked up the basketball and played the game, yeah, right. right? I could never become the powerlifter I became if I didn't get under the weights. If I just kept learning about getting strong, I never would have got strong. Yeah. At some point, yeah. you have to do the work. And, yeah. and, and, and I know that's a saying you live by and, and, and yeah, you know, we've had, had mentors that, that scream that to the rooftops, yeah. but that's the truth of it. You have yeah, to do the work. Absolutely. Now in business, the beauty is you, there is things you can outsource and delegate and things like that, right? So, right? so you don't have to do it all yourself, but you have to be committed to getting the work done. And, and, yeah. and, and that's, the, that's the big difference. And I hope that people listening, all it does is, that, you know, if you've got a list of 32 to-dos, just pick one and get it done, yeah. you know? and cut the noise out, you know, pick one guru to follow one expert to, to hire as your coach and then do what they tell you to do. Then move on to the next person. You know, if you're working with one person, don't be going learning from somebody else thinking, Oh, I'm going to somehow figure out how to put this together because it's not going to work. And it doesn't yeah. mean that they're wrong or that, that what they're doing isn't right, but it's not going to work for you. If you try, if you've got your toes in, you know, 20 different things, eh, nothing's going to work. Yeah. I love it. That's uh, spot on. So I appreciate it. What, uh, what are a few ways that the listeners can uh, follow you on social media and find out everything else that you got going on? Yeah, you just go to uh, ajroberts.com, uh, get on the newsletter. And uh, I think it says daily emails. I need to update that to almost daily emails. Yeah. Um, I, don't get, I don't get as many emails out as I would like. But uh, yeah, that's the easiest way. And then uh, the only social media I'm on is, is Facebook and it's just AJ Roberts. Great. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, hopping on today. It's been good to see you. Good catch up. Uh, thank you. My pleasure. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Cause the marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast